During these eight days of prayer, during the eight days of Hanukkah, December 7 through December 15, here are some suggested prayer points. Prayer covering of protection for the IDF soldiers as the war against Hamas resumes. Rescue and recovery for all of the remaining hostages still in Gaza. Israel to have complete victory in eliminating and eradicating the Hamas terrorist organization and infrastructure. Wisdom and guidance from Father God for the war cabinet leadership. Comfort, comfort and healing for the survivors of the October 7th attack to be healed from all the trauma. We will be sharing these prayers with Jeremy Gimpel and Ari Abramovitz of the Aragot Farm as an encouragement to the Jewish people. Please post your prayers below. Thank you and God bless. Israel Connect is your bridge to the land and people of Israel. On November 29, 2023, the Jerusalem Prayer Breakfast team was invited to the Knesset to host a time of prayer for Israel. Both Jews and Christians spoke prayers in lifting up the nation of Israel during this time of war with Hamas. I have taken the three-hour prayer breakfast and broken it out into eight audio segments to offer up eight days of prayer during the eight days of Hanukkah. To join in with us, please light a candle each day and listen in to the prayer offered up and pray with us through the eight days of Hanukkah. We will fight and win this war against darkness and evil in prayer. Join us as we light a candle each day and pray to push back the darkness with the glorious light of the God of Israel. Today, Thursday, December 7th, we will hear a prayer from an IDF soldier from the Gaza Front. Chaim Melspin, thank you for coming from all the way from the Gaza. Really, really thankful for you being here with us and uh, protecting the country. Maybe you want to come quickly before we finish. Can we have one more minute? Because Chaim, we can't can't just uh, go without you telling us how are you doing there in Gaza. How are our soldiers doing in Gaza? Yes, so uh, definitely shalom to members of Knesset, to rabbis, honorable delegates, friends from around the world. Thank you for your prayers. If not now, to pray when. And there is definitely a a fervor. There's a a seeking of Elohei Israel at this time because you see, you look into the void when you see death, you see darkness, and there's something in your soul that it's hard to explain. But you you start to say, wow, like I. My friend died in the Yechidat Yalom, and uh, so I'm a combat engineer in uh, the elite uh, unit of the combat engineer corps called Yalom. And, you know, let's assume uh, I thought something exploded and he's no longer with us, Roy Bieber. So I just put my hands on, on the dirt, ash to ashes, dust to dust, and I just thought, wow, he's no longer here. And this jolted something in, not only in me, but you know, friends around the world, there is a huge work ahead of us with comfort. Yes, comfort you, my people. That's a command, Isaiah 40, verse 1. And the whole nation, as you know, is going through this. But for the soldiers right there looking into that eternity, 
I say that that um, they need those prayers. They need those prayers. The people want the tefillin. They want the tzitzit, and they want really to feel this family of faith. And I just want to say this: as the Amalekites attacked, you know, unprovoked. They are judged by God in the same way the judgment of God is righteous. That's just what I, the judgment of God is righteous. God is love, we know, but he's also righteous. And if we won't stand up, you know, we love our enemies, yes, but we have to stand up and defend the defenseless. And that is righteous and God is righteous. And just this, as we are have a, a journey ahead of us still, um, I know many haven't been able to go home. And you're on adrenaline and you're you're going forward like this. And you don't get to see home. As soon as you see home, it's almost like, wow, I don't want to go back there ever. But I want you to just keep keep them in prayer as this, this, it's not about adrenaline. It's about we serve a living God of Israel, this country. Uh, nothing is going to take away the promises, not Hamas, not Islamic Jihad. Nothing will stop the promises of God over this place. And so keep praying the promises over Israel and pray protection over the troops, but also strategy, also wisdom over the troops. Uh, also the medical personnel. I mean, they're working day and night, no stop, uh, trying to save lives. And so many have lost eyesight, limbs. I, I mean, it's hard, you know, it's real. So pray over the medical staff. Pray over the decision makers. Pray over the journey of, of restoration that this nation is going to have to go through and the return of the hostages, of course. And there, this is a cliche, but there is light at the end of the tunnel. There is. And to the hostages, you know, I just pray. Well, we just ask for these the light in the eyes of these hostages not to go out. And yes, there, there have been stars that have supernovaed, but their light continues, meaning these soldiers that have died, and their light continues. But we just pray over these hostages that the light, the hope, will remain in their eyes, and the hope, the tikva, shall remain over this country and its future. And the friends who stand and choose life and choose light over darkness, choose good over evil, choose truth, and truth will set you free. Thank you Thank so you. much, Chaim. I'm, I'm just so touched by, by the fact that you're here and that you're sharing. I mean, coming out of these fierce battles and, and uh, mm -hmm. having the bullets whistle around you, and, and, and now you're standing here with us and encouraging us to pray. I think it's, it's so important for all yes. of us and all of you, our friends uh, out there, to pray for our courageous soldiers, to stand in prayer with them because um, they are doing their job and uh, you will do your job. I mean, there was a, a Bible school in uh, the, during the Second World War, Reese Howells, and these people prayed uh, during these, all of these battles, Dunkirk evacuation, all the big battles that the United Kingdom had to go through facing this murderous Nazi regime in Germany at that time. Mm -hmm. And they also prayed all the way to the uh, rebirth of the mm -hmm. state of Israel. And they were able <coughs> to see right. the greatest miracle of the 20th century. They were able to see the greatest miracle that the Bible promised that the Jewish people will not just come back to this land, but have their country. And Israel is forever. And I'm so happy to yeah. proclaim it, you know, standing yeah. behind, beside yeah. a, a, a soldier coming from the Gaza Strip and saying Israel is forever. Sun and moon and stars in heaven will lose its power, but okay. Israel is 
yes. will remain a nation yes. before God. Yes. One vast last thought. Daniel, when he faced a spiritual battle, Daniel in the Bible, he knew what to do. Esther, she faced a spiritual battle. She knew what to do. Do you know what to do? And the question is answered by a very simple answer. Prayer is the most potent weapon. And so here we are finishing now. Tatiana Mazarski, thank you so much for this wonderful, wonderful initiative. Thank you for calling us to the Knesset to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, to pray and to salute Israeli citizens who are doing fantastic things, helping our army, helping the society of Israel to stand in this dark hour. Together we will win. Beyachad nenatzeach. Together we will win. Together we will win. Thank you, dear friends. is your bridge to the land and people of Israel. On November 29th, the Jerusalem Prayer Breakfast Team was invited to the Knesset to host a time of prayer for Israel. Both Jews and Christians spoke prayers, lifting up the nation of Israel during this time of war with Hamas. I have taken the three-hour prayer breakfast and broken it up into eight audio segments to offer up eight days of prayer during the eight days of Hanukkah. To join in with us, please light a candle each day and listen in to the prayer offered up and pray with us through the eight days of Hanukkah. We will fight and win this war against darkness and evil in prayer. Join us as we light candle each day and pray to push back the darkness with the glorious light of the God of Israel. We are now on day one, Friday, December 8th, and we will hear a prayer now from Joel Rosenberg. Well, thank you, Albert. Thank you very much. And to each of the members of Knesset and to the Jewish community and uh, to my fellow evangelicals um, and, uh, and Israelis, um, it's, a, it's not a common thing to be an Israeli Jewish evangelical, but I'm honored to be um, invited even to attend an event like this, much less to have the opportunity to, to address you all. Um, I want to... I want to say a prayer, um, but I don't have any words of my own to offer. You know, we have, uh, my, my wife and I have four sons, two of which have served in the IDF, uh, Duv Devan and Isuf Kavi, and um, our hearts are grieving with the rest of our country. And I, uh, so I, I want to say a prayer of, of some various scriptures that have been very much on my heart as we've been processing this, as we've been doing humanitarian relief with our uh, evangelical NGO, and, and trying to report and explain what's happening. Um, so I have my notes of just, of just scriptures, and that's why my eyes will be open as I pray. Um, I leave it to you what's, uh, what's on your heart, how you would like to pray. Well, we've been shaken, and the first thing that has come to mind, Lord, Father, God of Israel, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, is that you sent your, your prophet Amos in chapter 9, verse 9, to tell us that we would be shaken in these last days. For behold, I am commanding, and I will shake the house of Israel among the nations. And Lord, you, you have shaken us, and we are badly shaken. If I had written a, a novel, Lord, about a Hamas invasion, 
with no, almost no combat soldiers on our borders. We, nobody would have published that novel. Nobody would have believed it. It wouldn't have been plausible. But you have shaken us because we thought we were okay. We thought we were safe, but we weren't. Why have you shaken us, Lord? You've shaken us because you love us. You didn't send those, you didn't send that army of terrorists. That was Satan. But you allowed it sovereignly. Why? Because you love us and you want our attention. You sent your prophet Jeremiah in chapter 31, verse 3, to tell us, to tell the nation of Israel, to tell the Jewish people, I have loved you with an everlasting love, and therefore I have drawn you with loving kindness. And you gave us, of course, Psalm 23, the Psalm of David. Because, because you love us, you want to remind us that we are your children, that we are the sheep of your pasture, and that you alone are our shepherd. The Lord is our shepherd, I shall not want. You are our good shepherd. You don't want harm to come to us. But if we forget who you are, if we refuse to let you be our good shepherd, if we wander off as though we can take care of ourselves, if we refuse to let you protect us, then we run a very real risk of it as individuals, as a nation, of being attacked by savage wolves, barbaric beasts who hate Israel and the Jewish people and seek to devour us. It's been happening from the beginning of time. You've warned us that these barbarians, these savages, these savage wolves are out there, and we forget. Or we trust only in our army and not in you to be above and guiding our army. But you also tell us there's good news. You sent the prophet Isaiah to tell us this in chapter 61, verses 1 and 2. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. You prophesied to the future Messiah. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. We need good news right now, Lord. We need good news, your news. And you said you would bring good news to the afflicted. We are afflicted. You said he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives and freedom to prisoners, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God and to comfort all who mourn. Lord, we need this more than we have ever needed it. We need it now. We need you to bring good news. We need you to bind up our broken hearts. We need you to set free the captives, the prisoners, and to bring vengeance on our enemies and a favorable year to us if we humble ourselves and to comfort us as we mourn. Lord, you spoke through Solomon as he dedicated the temple. He had an interesting prayer in 1 Kings chapter 8. And I think it's very applicable, Lord. Help us to process it. The words of Solomon. He was wise. He didn't always follow that wisdom, but he was wise. And he spoke, you spoke through him. When your people go to war against their enemies, wherever you send them, and when they pray to the Lord towards the city you have chosen, this city, Jerusalem, and the temple that I have built for your name, then hear from heaven their prayer and their plea and uphold their cause. When they sin against you, for there is no one who does not sin, and you become angry with them and give them over to their enemies who take them captive to their own lands, far away or near. And if they have a change of heart in the land where they are held captive and repent and plead with you, in the land of their captors and say, we have sinned, we have done wrong, we have acted wickedly, 
And if they turn back to you with all of their heart and soul in the land of their enemies who took them captive, and they pray to you toward the land you gave their ancestors, toward the city you have chosen, and the temple I have built for your name, then from heaven, your dwelling place, hear their prayer and their plea. Uphold their cause and forgive your people who have sinned against you. Forgive all the offenses they have committed against you, all of them, and cause their captors to show them mercy, for they are your people and your inheritance, whom you brought out of Egypt, out of that iron-smelting furnace. May your eyes be open to your servant's plea, and to the plea of your people Israel, and may you listen to them wherever they cry out to you, for you singled them out from the nations, all the nations of the world, to be your own inheritance, just as you declared through your servant Moses when you, sovereign Lord, brought our ancestors out of Egypt. Lord, this was a great prayer, and it is so timely. This is the prayer that we are asking, that we would humble ourselves and and repent of our sins and ask you to come back and lead our nation. Turn our nation's leaders to call for national days of prayer and fasting. Turn the nation to this and hear our prayers. And then you did answer. And we see your answer in writing in Second Chronicles chapter 7. When Solomon had finished the temple of the Lord and the royal palace and had succeeded in carrying out all he had in mind to do in the temple of the Lord and in his own palace, then the Lord, you, Lord, you appeared to him that night, and you said this, I have heard your prayer, and I have chosen this place for myself as a temple for sacrifices. When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, or command locusts to devour the land, or send a terrible plague of diseases among my people, then if my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. And you go on, Lord. You say, now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place in Jerusalem. You said, I have chosen and consecrated this temple. Okay, Lord, the temple's gone. But you say that your name will be there forever. You didn't say if the temple would be there forever. You said your name would be there forever. And you said, my eyes and my heart will always be there. And this is what we're praying, Lord. This is what we're praying. Your eyes are still on this place. Your eyes are still on this people. You did not send this evil. Satan sent this evil. Because you're our shepherd and not all of us, we're not all listening. We're not all seeking you. And when a sheep wanders from the flock, it's in danger. And we've just realized that we're in much more danger than we realize. We're grateful for the peace treaties. We're grateful for the Abraham Accords. We're grateful that we were about to make peace with the Saudis. But we got off guard and we got our eyes off of you. We felt relaxed and prosperous and peaceful and we forgot that there are savage wolves who are coming after us. And Lord, I just want to return my heart as I close this prayer to those words that you spoke to the Messiah. In Isaiah 61, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me 
to bring good news to the afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives and freedom to prisoners, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance against our enemies of our God and to comfort all who mourn. This is our prayer. This is my prayer, Lord. And I don't know anything more important or powerful, Father, than to pray scripture. The promises you've already made, the people who already prayed these things, the scriptures that are filled with you answering the prayers of people praying your prayers, your promises. So this is what we do. This is what I do, Lord. I know not everybody here sees the world or even you the same way as I do, but I thank you for this opportunity. And I pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit with gratitude to you and with begging you to fulfill these prayers and set our captives free, bind up our broken hearts, and proclaim a favorable year as we go forward. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Joel. Thank you so much.
During these eight days of prayer, during the eight days of Hanukkah, December 7 through December 15, here are some suggested prayer points. Prayer covering of protection for the IDF soldiers as the war against Hamas resumes. Rescue and recovery for all of the remaining hostages still in Gaza. Israel to have complete victory in eliminating and eradicating the Hamas terrorist organization and infrastructure. Wisdom and guidance from Father God for the war cabinet leadership. Comfort, comfort, and healing for the survivors of the October 7th attack to be healed from all the trauma. We will be sharing these prayers with Jeremy Gimpel and Ari Abramovitz of the Aragot Farm as an encouragement to the Jewish people. Please post your prayers below. Thank you and God bless. is your bridge to the land and people of Israel. On November 29, 2023, the Jerusalem Prayer Breakfast team was invited to the Knesset to host a time of prayer for Israel. Both Jews and Christians spoke prayers in lifting up the nation of Israel during this time of war with Hamas. I have taken the three-hour prayer breakfast and broken it up into eight audio segments to offer up eight days of prayer during the eight days of Hanukkah. To join in with us, please light a candle each day and listen in to the prayer offered up for that day and pray with us through the eight days of Hanukkah. We will fight and win this war against darkness and evil in prayer. Join us as we light candles each day and pray to push back the darkness with the glorious light of the God of Israel. Today is day two, Saturday. December 9th, and we will listen to a prayer from Yehuda Glick. For the peace of Jerusalem, support the uh, citizens of Israel, support the IDF. And of course, first of all, I want to thank you, Tatiana Mazarski, Knesset member, who initiated this whole event. So I think, uh, yes, thank you, Tatiana. Tatiana uh, felt that this is the most important thing to do in this time of war. It's a critical time. It's a really um, time of uh, major crisis. We've been hit so hard. And prayer is the most potent weapon. And uh, we need to uh, use it. So, Yuda Glick, we are so thankful that you're here with us. Please start. Whenever I meet Albert, and always know it's time for prayer, because we always were the Jerusalem prayer breakfast. And of course, member of Knesset, Tatiana, where did you disappear? Oh, there you are, Tatiana, now you're a member of Knesset, you have to sit, you have to get used to the fact that you're a member of Knesset. You sit close, you can't, you can't sit in the backyard anymore. You're an important person. And uh, Tatiana, whenever she speaks, she always, her words are like prayer. So. Thank you very much, Tatiana, for the initiative, and thank you, Albert, for organizing it. And thank you, Knesset Israel, that in spite of the fact that there are no events here, they understood that this is an event which is canceling it is mission impossible. So shalom, Joel, and shalom, uh, 
uh, all the people that are here with us. I'm going to begin with a simple song from Psalm 28-9. I'll sing it in, in Hebrew, and then we'll say a few words about it. Anybody who knows it is welcome to join. Hoshia et amecha Uvarechet nachlatecha Urem, urem, urem Urem venasem, urem venasem ad haolam Hoshia et amecha Uvarechet nachlatecha Urem, 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 urem venasem Urem venasem ad haolam Hoshia et amecha Uvarechet nachlatecha Urem, 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 urem venasem Urem venasem ad haolam Very simple Hoshia et amecha Save your people Uvarechet nachlatecha Bless your inheritance. Urem, pastor them. Venasem, pick them up, raise them, elevate them, carry them. And it's very concrete. First, we're yelling, Hoshia, save us when we're on the floor, when we're knocked down at a feeling that our enemy has desecrated God's name, has murdered us, slaughtered us, we're on the floor, save us. Just first save us, pick us up. <coughs> then, Uvarech, bless us. Fill us with the in inspiration. Give us the guidance to look ahead. And then, Urem, be our shepherd. Show us the way. So we pick us up, give us the inspiration to go ahead, and show us the way. And finally, Vinasem. What a beautiful word. Vinasem. Pick us up, pick them up. Because when the people of Israel are picked up, Hashem is picked up. And there, we're gonna, I'm just going to finish this word. Venasem is to pick them up. Pick us up. This war against the people of Israel, it's not a war against the people of Israel. It's a desecration of God's name. And therefore, when we are praying to Hashem, we want Hashem to help, to, to save us, bless us, guide us, and finally, pick us up so that the world will see that His name is high above. Thank you, Yudah. Yudah, um, we have been with you in so many countries. You have been uh, with us in uh, Holland. Remember the, the time in uh, The Hague. Lately we were with you also in um, Houston. But before that, in Brazil. That was the most unique time. I remember you praying for the now former First Lady, Michelle Bolsonaro. She wanted to send her greetings. She was not able to do this in this time. But um, I will never forget how she even fell on her knees to receive the priestly blessing. I, uh, I really believe that there is a call going out to the nations. There is a call from God Almighty. And, and God is calling the nations to align themselves with His plans, to align themselves with God's word, His... His uh, his uh, plans for Jerusalem. And Judah, you have been, I mentioned it earlier, you have been standing for the right of the Jews and the Christians to pray on the Temple Mount. And as nobody, you have, you have paid a very, very heavy price for that. I'm really thankful that uh, 
uh, you're here today. I want to ask you to continue your message. I'm sorry that we had to interrupt it, but uh, I would like to ask you to finish your message and to say a prayer. Please. You would click. Oh, Tatiana, you touched our heart of everybody in this room. And thank you so much for organizing this day. In my eyes, November 29th is a day that we are mentioning here today in a very special way. Because in eight days from today, the people of Israel will be celebrating Hanukkah. Hanukkah is a day that we are supposed to, sages tell us that these are days that are devoted to express thanking. And when I see this event, what is more than getting up and saying thank you? Thank you to Australia, Belgium, Bolivia, Brazil, Belarusia, Canada, Costa Rica, Czechoslovakia at the time, Denmark, Dominican Republic, Ecuador, France, Guatemala, Haiti, Haiti, Iceland, Liberia, Luxembourg, Netherlands, New Zealand, Nicaragua, Norway, Panama, Paraguay, Peru, Philippines, Poland, Sweden, Ukraine, South Africa, USSR, we love saying former Soviet Union, Uruguay, and Venezuela. Yes, these countries stood, as the prophet says, the nations have two, two, two objects when they look at Israel. Either sur surround Israel with siege to fight against Israel and, his, and their God, or to call the nations and come up to the mountain of Zion and say, let us go in the ways of God Almighty, the God of, A of, A of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of Zion. But I don't know if you know that eight days of Hanukkah, why was made eight days, because in that year, the Maccabees couldn't celebrate Sukkot. So the Hanukkah was instead of Sukkot. This year, on the eighth day of Sukkot, as you mentioned before, as Joel, you mentioned, as, I forgot your name, uh, Pastor from Czechoslovakia, Czech Republic, from the International Embassy of the of Christian Embassy in Jerusalem, you mentioned was a day this year of darkness and we couldn't celebrate. We couldn't celebrate Simchat Torah, the day we were supposed to be of joy. In eight days from today, we will have eight days to celebrate. And what will we be celebrating? Hanukkah is the darkest time of the year. In Israel and on this part of the, of the globe, the days are short, the night is long. And it's also the only holiday in which we celebrate, not in the enter, the, the middle of the month where the moon is full, there's almost no moon. So Hanukkah is the holiday of darkness. And what do we celebrate? We celebrate light. What do we say? The light of the menorah from Zion. We will not only light it inside our houses, we'll put it on our windows and we'll show the whole world that the source of light of the world is Israel, is Zion, is the temple. 76 years ago, there was the resolution, 181 of the, of the United Nations, and they decided there will be two states here. The Israelis and the Palestinians, or the Arab nations, headed up that we start at the same point. We're at the same beginning point. Today we look back 76 years later. One side developed a flourishing country, a modern country, a country that brings light into the whole world. And the other side spent 76 years blaming everybody. 
blaming Israel, blaming America, blaming the West. Everybody's to blame. And where are they today? And where are we today? We have to continue that light. And yes, Argentina abstained, and today we have a leader of Argentina who's raising the light of, of, of Zion. I want to call upon all nations, everybody watching here today, call upon your nation, this is the time, to stand behind light and bring that light of the temple of Jerusalem, of Zion, to the whole world. And I'm praying to you, God Almighty, now is the time. We went through such a difficult day, and that's Simchat Torah, and ever since then, we don't want only the hostages home. We want every one of them home. We want you to strengthen their spirit, Hashem Almighty. We want you to bring them back strong. But also, we want a victory. Nothing less than a victory. Not our victory. Your victory. We want you to succeed. Vinasem, I said before, when I, uh, uh, Albert stopped me, Vinasem, pick us up. In Hebrew, Nisuin is marriage. What do we do in marriage? Everybody, we're picking the other side up. Wow, we're telling, wow, what a wonderful wife I have. What a wonderful husband I have. Picking up, raising up. That's what we're doing, lifting. Today is my anniversary. Exactly four years, nine months, and 24 days. And me and my wife, Baruch Hashem, are partners. And our friends around the world. Now is the time to pick each of us up. We're like a couple. The people of Israel and the nations that support the God of Israel. We are here to raise each other up and to call upon all the world. Raise it up for the sake of the world, not for the sake of Israel. Next week, my wife and myself, we will be bringing light to 3,000 orphaned children on the holiday of Hanukkah. That's our holiday that we celebrate. And we bring light to people who've gone through darkness. And I think this message should be a message of everyone here. Everybody, we have a mission. Bring the light, the menorah of, the, of Zion, of Jerusalem, of the temple, to every single corner in the world, and tell them, join light. Because as we've said before, light is good. And that was the first thing that God said. Let there be light, and the light was good, and it was. It's in our hands. Light up the light, and turn off the darkness. Thank you all. There's nobody like you, Daglik. Thank you so much, Yuda. is your bridge to the land and people of Israel. On November 29th, the Jerusalem Prayer Breakfast was invited to the Knesset to host a time of prayer for Israel. Both Jews and Christians spoke prayers in lifting up the nation of Israel during this time of war with Hamas. I have taken the three-hour prayer breakfast and broken it up into eight audio segments to offer up eight days of prayer during the eight days of Hanukkah. To join in with us, please light a candle each day and listen in to the prayer offered up and pray with us through the eight days of Hanukkah. We will fight and win this war against darkness and evil in prayer. Join us as we light a candle each day and pray to push back the darkness with the glorious light of the God of Israel. Today is day four, Monday, December 11th, and now we will hear a prayer from Rabbi Haim Eisen. Thank you so much for doing this. Chaim, a short prayer, 
and then we will carry on. First, not, not to uh, differ with Kharania, but um, this is what I got when I joined the Israel <laughs> Defense Forces. The first thing you get, the Bible. We get, at our swearing-in ceremony, a Bible and a rifle. A rifle because, unfortunately, for the time being, the Bible isn't enough. A Bible because without the Bible, the rifle is completely meaningless. Mm -hmm. Fortunately, I get to keep the Bible and give back the rifle. <laughs> <laughs> In seeking words of prayer, of course, we look to the Bible. And I note that precisely twice in the Bible, the verb lirdof, to pursue, is employed in first-person future in prayer. In Hosea chapter 6, let us know, let us pursue, nirdefa, your translations may differ, but this is the original. Let us pursue to know the Lord. And in the second book of Samuel, chapter 22, King David, sweet singer of Israel, let me pursue Erdefa, my enemies, and destroy them, and not turn back till they are consumed. Let me consume them and crush them that they cannot rise. They are fallen beneath my feet. In both instances, pursue, because you need relentless striving, relentless striving to know the Lord, relentless striving to destroy the enemies of the Lord. And of course, this isn't because of any lack of love. On the contrary, it is the Bible's message that we are all God's children. <laughs> In our tradition, as a, um, a contest, for the most foundational verse, while there is Leviticus chapter 19, to love your neighbor as yourself, an alternative proposed is Genesis chapter 5. This is the book of the generations of man in the day God created man, in the likeness of God made he him. Because those words have operative ramifications. In Genesis chapter 9, Whoso sheds man's blood, by man shall his blood be shed, for in the image of God made he man. A student of mine asked me a couple of weeks ago, what's the reasoning? That is, you might think the murder victim is already dead. Every man, including the murderers, made in the image of God. Why kill the murderer as well? And I proposed two complementary answers. One, of course, the murder victim being made in the image of God. That act of murder is not like breaking a rock. The enormity of the crime when that victim was made in the image of God cannot be atoned for without the death of the murderer. But there's an additional, perhaps more sublime alternative, which is the murderer was created in the image of God. Endowed with the image of God, we are endowed with the greatest gift of human responsibility. Free will, Deuteronomy chapter 30, behold, I have placed before you this day life and the good and death and evil. And God implores us, therefore, choose life. He implores us, but he doesn't force us. If the murderer chose the opposite, chose death and evil, that is an unpardonable crime precisely because he was endowed with the image of God. And this is a mandate for each and every one of us as we read two verses before the precept to love your neighbor as yourself. 
In Leviticus chapter 19, you shall not stand idly by your neighbor's blood. Complicity in evil is evil. As Edmund Burke famously expressed it, the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. And this isn't only a sin of omission. It's a sin of commission. There is a potent phrase that appears exactly twice in the Bible, just seven chapters apart, referring to the death, the destruction of man and woman, infant and suckling. In the first book of Samuel, chapter 15, Samuel delivers to King Saul an imperative from God to extirpate the wicked Amalekites. And he says, man and woman, infant and suckling. And as we well know, King Saul was derelict. He did not fulfill God's mandate. Seven chapters later, when he commands Doeg the Edomite to annihilate Nob, the city of priests, we find the exact same phrase again. Man and woman, infant and suckling, they were all murdered. And our tradition learns from the juxtaposition of these two passages. One who becomes compassionate upon the cruel will in the end become cruel to the compassionate. That is, not merely omission, commission. When one becomes compassionate to the cruel, that in itself is an act of active cruelty. We know this war is a war not merely against Israel. Now, it certainly is a war against the West, but what I derive from Psalm 83 is a far more foundational message. It is a war against God. God represents truth, justice, righteousness, goodness. It is a war against all these. For lo, your enemies are in an uproar, and they that hate you have lifted up the head. And how have they done so? They plot cunningly against your people and take counsel against your treasured ones. They have said, come and let us cut them off from being a nation that the name Israel may be no more in remembrance. And what is the antidote that we pray, but that represents also a summons from all of us. Isaiah chapter 42, I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness and have taken hold of your hand and have kept you and set you for a covenant of the people, for a light of the nations. You just spoke about the light banishing the darkness, a light of the nations to open the blind eyes, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon and them that sit in darkness out of the prison house. Chapter 49 and he said to me, you are my servant Israel in whom I am glorified. And I will give you for a light of the nations that my salvation may be to the end of the earth. It's not about saving Israel. It's not even just about saving the West. It's noble goals, but still, that my salvation will be to the end of the earth. To what extent? Ultimately, arise, shine, for your light is come and the glory of the Lord is shown upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the peoples, but upon you the Lord will shine, and his glory will be seen upon you, and nations will go by your light, and kings by the gleam of your shining. We pray, O Lord, in a world that is so 
overrun <coughs> with darkness and gloom. So many forces of darkness surrounding us to enable us to see that light, that light that shines from Zion, because you know it is axiomatic. Thank you very much. God bless you. There's just a little bit of light dispels a great deal of darkness. May we speedily in our days together, all of us together, aligned and allied with the light, see that light shining forth by God from Zion over all the earth. God bless you. Thank you, sir.